Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod, back at it again. This is going to be a pretty mailbag-heavy podcast, at Go Low Pod. If you want to get in on it, fire in. No Sobel today. Gave him the week off, just because not much is going on. No Zurich. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any takes from last week, and I don't really care about Mexico, the Mexico Open this week. Though Rom is defending, but it's, you know... It's a uh, vacation golf, basically. Uh, we, we'll dive back into it as we ramp up to the PJ Championship. So a couple quick takes off the top, and then we will dive in heavy to the mailbag. Like I said, at GoLoPod is the Instagram fire in those DMs, as well as you want some Golo merch. We got Golo hats, and we got Golo polos. Uh, you can find them. The link is on my Instagram. It's also at thevolume.com if you search the merch and uh, just go to the Go Low Show. It has it up there. We're still working on uh, some more swag, some towels. Got some stuff coming down the pipe. Pretty excited for. So uh, be short and sweet today. A little golf content. I am uh, headed back to California, actually, on Wednesday. Going to the Kings-Warriors game. We'll see about that bad boy. Should be nuts. Uh, playing a little golf probably Friday, Saturday. Uh, you know, do a little do a little NFL draft work as well. So we'll have draft content. Me and Coward will be uh, be on after the first round. So uh, you know, grinding, working, seeing some fam, just keeping rocking and rolling. Uh, hopefully, your golf game's good, and uh, enjoy the weekend. But first, my friends at Game Time, they are the official ticketing app of this podcast. Go low. You want to go to a PGA Tour event this summer? You want to go to an NBA playoff game? You want to go to an NHL playoff game? You want to go to a concert, see Morgan Wallen, see Taylor Swift, see whoever you like, a comedy show? I got you covered. Download the Game Time app. Use the promo code GOLOW, GOLOW, G-O-L-O-W, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. It's very easy to do. Anything you want to do this summer, get out in the sun, go to a baseball game, watch a little hardball, grab yourself a brewski, and do it on me. Promo code GOLOW. Get $20 off. My friends at Game Time love them. A couple things I wanted to start with. And ironically, they both kind of uh, combined Australia. Let's start with Liv. Because last week, the Zurich um, Challenge it didn't do much for me. And I would imagine didn't do much for most. I didn't gamble on it. Uh, it's a tough to gamble on. Davis Riley, as someone DM'd me, finally won a tournament. Uh, I don't really count that one, but it is what it is. Uh, this week's in Mexico, it's it's definitely kind of a lull in the season schedule. You know, it's it's an easy time for us as golf lovers to just go play some golf. <laughs> that's that's what I did last weekend. It's what I will do again this weekend. This is not, you know, one of the elevated events. 
We're not getting the majors. We, we got a little break. Take a deep breath. Even though John Rahm, the defending champs, going down to Mexico, and then we'll get going. I think the Wells Fargo is before the PGA Championship, and it'll ramp up here in a couple weeks, which is exciting. Uh, the PGA Championship is obviously the the fourth of the four majors in terms of importance, but relatively speaking, it's still awesome. I mean, last year, what happened with Mito Pereira uh, and JT winning, very entertaining. But I, I wanted to give Liv some love. One thing that they really struggle with in the States is playing on courses that matter. Why? They don't have access to them. We, we've talked about it on this podcast for a while. Like Olympic Club, any of the major venues, uh, Pebble Beach, you, you name it. No one is going to do business with them. So it's going to be very difficult for them to play on courses that really pop on TV. And let's face it, we saw it with the Masters. You see it with TPC Scottsdale. You see it with Riv. You'll see it at Memorial. You see it, obviously, at the major venues. The venue matters, right? There's something special about watching Sunday night football at Lambeau Field, watching the Lakers in L.A., rocking and rolling. Like The venue matters in sports. It just does. Listen, big Giants guy. Like Pac Bell Park, Oracle Park, AT&T Park, it's had a million names, but watching guys hit home runs into the water in the postseason is freaking awesome. Wrigley Field, uh, Fenway, you name it, right? And they don't play sweet courses. Well, I will give Greg Norman credit. Obviously, he's Australian, and the PJ Tour does not go to Australia. But a couple years ago, Tiger Woods, when he was the captain of the President's Cup, and the famous meme, which was obviously doctored, when he beats Abe Anser on 18, shakes his hand, that week in Melbourne was awesome. The course was sweet, and people in Australia love golf. Well, a huge reason, now we can debate why Cam Smith went to live. He got paid a lot of money. But he he mentioned that like they get to go back to Australia. He has an Australian contingent literally on his team with Leishman. So when they went to Australia, the video, I watched a little bit of it, but watched a lot of the clips. It looked incredible. It looked so much fun. Like there's a reason the NFL dabbles in London and dabbles in Mexico City and dabbles in Germany. It's good business. Like the PGA Tour, you know, how about go to Australia? <laughs> Listen, that wasn't just a hit. That worked. That popped on television watching, and I know Taylor Gooch killed everybody, and, but watching guys drink out of shoes, watching the crowds, it's like, you know, should the PGA Tour go to Australia? Now, I know it's very difficult to get everyone to make that plane flight. With Liv, you got everyone under contract. They don't have a choice. If you're going to play in Austria, if you're going to play in Dubai, if you're going to play in Australia, they got to go. But now with these elevated events, beside Rory, you you know, you say it's going on. People are going to show up because there's too much money in the line. And you watch the Australia event, and I would imagine many people didn't, but I'm sure you saw the clips. Like that looked pretty badass. People in Australia, th there is a a huge passion and willingness to watch, support, and show up. And it worked. Now, the time difference clearly is not ideal, I would imagine, for the CBS and NBC package. Uh, which can complicate things because this is a TV sport. But that worked, man. Th that worked. I mean, I, I found a way to watch the President's Cup with Tiger Woods and JT. I love me some me uh, in 2019. That, that was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. So we can talk some shit about Liv and some things they don't do right, but you got to give them credit like Australia works. And speaking of Tiger Woods, last week, 
his Twitter account and Instagram account released that he received surgery. And listen, Tiger clearly is holding on for dear life in terms of his playing career, right? We have seen now over the last two years when he tries to play in big tournaments, he either misses the cut or is basically forced forced to withdraw because his body can't, you know, stay together. It's hard. He's 47 years old. He's got a million surgeries. He's essentially fused together. And the headline of the uh, the report from Tiger's camp was earlier today, Tiger Woods underwent a subdolar fusion procedure to address his post-traumatic arthritis from his previous talus fracture. Now, I didn't go to med school, just some run-of-the-mill state school business major. That does not sound good. And, you know, when you watch Tiger at the press conference at the Masters, gratefulness, uh, just th- th- there was watching a guy understanding how many limited times that he might have left doing this last year at the Open, you know, his leading up to that tournament, his press conferences. This is a guy that sees the light at the end of the tunnel because the cool part about this situation, for as shitty as it is, is that like others, let's pick other sports, for example. If Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid just for 10 straight years were healthy, they would go down like, you know, all-time great players as like Kevin Garnett and, I don't know, Shaq, right? Both of them could win several championships, but they always get injured. Like, literally always get hurt. And anyone listening to this is a football fan. You have guys on your team that, God, this guy has so much talent, but he can't stay on the field. And that's just part of sports, and it sucks. And it's a reason why so many guys just never get the opportunity. Now, in team sports, that usually leads to other guys getting the opportunity, but there's always that, well, woulda, coulda, what woulda been, what this guy could have done if he could have stayed on the field. At least Tiger did it, right? At least Tiger, really up until, you know, 2008, when he got the knee surgery and then his back started going in the 2010s, got 97 to 08. And obviously he won, you know, the 19 major, but... 2019 Masters, not the 19th major. You know what I mean? But it's it feels over. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. Uh, he kind of told you with his words as the Masters, like, this is this is not going great. Batter, battling plantar fasciitis, battling arthritis, battling just the nature of a guy who's had a million surgeries. Like, it takes a toll as you get older. Anyone listening to this who's over 30 knows your body starts acting a little different. Right, Most of us guys in our 20s, if you work out, if you're just active, kind of eat whatever you want. You go to fast food all the time, can eat dirty, carbs, sugars, whatever. The older you get, <laughs> you know, if you don't want to get fat, you kind of got to be careful with that. So there's a natural body change for human beings. And Tiger's in his 40s, late 40s. He's closer to 50 than he is 40. And he's a guy with unlimited surgeries, but it just shows you like, it's one thing to tear an ACL when you're 22 years old. And as you get older, maybe you feel a little pain and they, they the doctors can help you figure it out. There's another thing to be, you know, kind of put together like Humpty Dumpty. And that's how it feels like with Tiger Woods and his body, which sucks because I, last year I got so much joy out of thinking he was going to play the majors. I'm kind of resigned now to not really expect much. Like if you told me he doesn't play another major this year, like I'll believe you. If you tell me he only plays one more major this year and it's the open, I'll believe you. 
Do I expect to see him at the PGA Championship? I do not. <laughs> like I 100% do not expect him to go. Do I expect him to go to the U.S. Open at, at LA Country Club? I think he wants to go, but I'd even say that does not feel likely. The Open, which I don't pretend to know much about. I haven't done any research. I've just heard other people talk about it being relatively flat. But one thing it shows you, like flat, hilly, whatever, I don't know if it really matters. And it sucks. It's sad, but we're coming down the home stretch of, I mean, we might be a couple years away from just no more Tiger Woods in any of these tournaments, including Augusta, which is something if I would have told you after he won the 2019 Masters and almost won majors the previous year and was the captain of the President's Cup team, you know, you would have been like, this guy's got a chance to win a couple more majors. And th that car accident, that early morning in L.A., it does feel like really derailed the end of his career. Because Tiger Woods was on the back nine. I mean, hell, even when he won the 2019 Masters, you would say he was closer to hole 15, 16 than he was hole nine. But it feels like after that crash, he immediately went to hole 18. And depending on the day, he's either like headed to the clubhouse or in the middle of the fairway on hole 18. So anytime you get to see him moving forward, just, just know this. It could easily be his last. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag at Golopod. At Golopod is the Instagram fire in the DMs. Peter, first time DMer out of Belgium, Europe. In the last episode of Full Swing, Rory said something about golfers having gone a little soft. Now he himself already missed his second elevated tournament. Isn't this somewhat of a weird look for him? 1,000%. I mean, this is, you know, the hard part about being the front man in anything, right? About being the parent of three or four kids and holding them to high standards, about being the CEO in holding a company to high standards, about being a head coach in football and holding everyone to high standards. is like, you kind of got to live by that. The moment you don't do what you say, you're kind of a fraud. You know, you're kind of a fraud. And as of recording this, I mean, it's not like he released a statement, 
that anyone was sick or anything besides just fatigue. He was tired. And when you're beating the drum, which isn't totally his fault, it's just not. I mean, Jay Monahan is the commissioner, but it's it's kind of unique, right? Roger Goodell works for the owners, and the owners, you know, want him out in front. Ultimately, the players, like, it's kind of the players' tour. Jay's just kind of the fundraiser. So it's a little unique that way, but still, like, Rory had to talk for Jay Monahan, who is clearly not great with the press. And maybe he's just worn out, which is fair. Like, we all get worn out. But when you talk a big game and you talk some shit, and then you miss the cut at the Masters and you take off, not a great look. It's just not. Especially the following week when Jordan, who finished T3 or T2, I don't even remember. I guess T3 because Brooks and Phil finished second. He's in a playoff, right? Matt Fitzpatrick, I think, was top 10 at the Masters. Xander, Cantlay, all the... Like, these guys just played, man. Tough. Is it possible that Rory McIlroy is going through some sort of existential crisis? After the Masters, he is starting to doubt whether he will complete the Grand Slam. At this point, I'm not sure if any other tournament really matters that much in comparison to uh, the Masters for Rory. Hear what you're saying, and I, I think there's validity behind that, but ultimately, like, winning the Masters means a lot to Rory complete the Grand Slam, you know, you get to go to the dinner, you just get in the club, right? Look how big it is the last two years. Scotty, really, for, for the first, forever, right? Scotty, Rom, Hideki, Patrick Reed, Sergio, Adam Scott, like, it is a life-changing tournament. John Rom's going to win as many majors as Rory. I, I would bank on that. But winning the Masters was really, really important to him. But I would say this. The other majors are pretty important to Rory, too. He's just going to end with four majors? Feels like he should be a seven or eight major guy. I mean, last year, it felt like he was going to win his fifth. And then all of a sudden, Cam Smith shot like 30, you know, or whatever he shot in the back nine, 31, and kicked his ass. So I, I do think the Masters is in his head. Anytime that something means a lot to you professionally, and I bet a lot of people listening can agree with this, it takes, it takes a lot of our energy, right? I'm sure you know people that are like that. You're like that. Maybe your wife or girlfriend is like that. When you want something really bad professionally, you put in a lot of energy. And for most of us, it's a buildup, right? You go from make it X to 2X to 3X. And for most of our goals in the private sector, it's, it's usually money, right? It's like, I want to make, if you run a business, this much revenue and then this much revenue or... I want to be bought out for this number. In in sports, it's pretty black and white, right? Like Josh Allen, I saw he's never been more motivated than he is this offseason to get back to the NFL season. Well, like Josh Allen is super rich. He is super successful. Uh, every single season, it feels like he's going to be go to the Pro Bowl. But like he's either going to win in the playoffs or he's not. And if he gets bounced in the first, second, or the third round, doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, like it's going to be viewed as a failure. You know, it's it's like if Joe Burrow never wins a Super Bowl, each year he doesn't win a Super Bowl, like it's a failure. And in golf, like he's got four majors a year. And the Masters is kind of on a different pedestal right now because he doesn't have one. I do think the Open Championship last year was right there. And what did he say happened after that that he lost? He got whisked away in a golf cart and broke down crying with his wife. 
Why? Because it means a lot. And anyone who's listening to this that fails at something, like it hurts. But like our lives are more fluid. The business world is much more fluid than sports. That's why a lot of us enjoy sports. It's like you get a winner and a loser. Like in podcasting, like a bunch of people are making money. A lot of people are winning right now, right? Just because I win doesn't mean the other podcaster can't win. Or seven other podcaster winning doesn't mean that I'm going to lose, right? We all get a little piece of the pie. But only one person gets a piece of the pie at these major tournaments. And that's what makes golf the most unique of the individual sports because like even in tennis, you play one other person and you work your way up to the quarterfinals, semifinals, you know, the finals. In golf, like in a major, you play the whole field. Then you got to beat half the field to move on and then you got to beat that entire half to win. But you're kind of playing everybody, right? This is not match play. It's very, very unique that way, and maybe he is just mentally broke down. Some questions for the pod. Who gets a, hit a win first, Ricky or Jason Day? I would say Jason Day. Which Americans would be your captain's pick as of right now? Uh, I haven't looked at the top six. If you're talking Ryder Cup, I would guess it would be Scotty Scheffler. It's a good question. I, Colin Morikawa. Uh, Spieth, these guys are going to make the team. Like, Justin Thomas is not playing well. <laughs> like, Max Holm is better than Justin Thomas right now. Um, Sam Burns would be on my team. Cam Young would be on my team. And some of these guys might be qualified. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. You know, if Brooks is good at majors, like, everyone likes Brooks. Like, Brooks is on my team. You know, like, we just, like, who's better right now, Brooks or Justin Thomas? Uh, and I'm a JT guy, but we got a pretty deep field. PJ Championship bets you like. Haven't really looked, to be honest with you. I, I haven't. My one future bet as of right now is Homa to win the U.S. Open. One guy that I was, I actually, I actually, I lied. I did look a couple weeks ago. Uh, kind of detached from the golf gambling after I've taken it on the chin a little bit. I do think Jason Day's odds are, are pretty tasty. Cam Young, also pretty tasty. I, I One thing we learned at the Masters, if you wanted to get big, because all their odds are kind of shitty, if you told me I put $1,000 on Rom or Scotty Scheffler, I'd say I like it. I'd say I like it a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'd be tempted to do that if I hadn't just been taken to the cleaners this year, beside my home a bet. I just, I've gotten too aggressive on winners, but... Jason Day, Cam Young would be two guys I like a lot. I, I, I think if you told me Jason Day wins the PGA Championship, I think it's pretty believable. Does a live player win a major? I would lean no this year. Should live players be allowed to play in the Ryder Cup? 100%. 100%. I, I, thought, I think John Rahm said it best. Like This is not the PGA Tours deal. So, yes, they should be allowed to. Uh... Something someone sent me last week I wanted to read. Uh, Yo, John, after listening to the Go Low Bag and heard the question about golf agents, able to provide some context here. I'm around the industry and I'm working to be a golf, a big-time golf agent in my career. Hell yeah. Good luck, bro. You are correct that Excel is the main power agency for golfers. In Steinberg, which is Tiger's agent, I, I was told this too last week, actually is one of the founding partners for the agency. They have Tiger, Morikawa, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, some others. I think they have J- Justin Thomas, too. 
Other than that, it's actually spread out pretty wide in terms of the power players. So unlike football or hoops, where the top few just dominate, William Morris has Spieth and Cantlay, Hamburg Sports has DJ Kepka and Scheffler, Sports 5 has Rom and Tom Kim, CAA surprisingly has only one golfer on their roster, and it's Patrick Reed. <laughs> Rory just has a personal agent that is very under the radar, which is a bit surprising. Wasserman has Finau and Ricky, all pretty spread out. Uh, can provide some knowledge for the people. That's that's an incredible answer. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a unique business that way because if you get if you get a cash cow, it's on like Donkey Kong. Question for the pot. What's your thoughts on courses, clubs, redoing golf courses? I'm a member at Medina Country Club in Chicago area land. Hosted the 12 Ryder Cup, the BMW recently, the PJ back in the day when Tiger won. We are redoing the championship course at Medina. What are your thoughts in general on championship level courses being redone? Completely new layout, all new holes, the whole nine yards. Since the club is owned by the members, they were voting on it and given CC politics and it easily passed. Wanted to get your thoughts. Last year, a friend of mine named Greg, who is a member at Olympic Club, invited me to their member guest. I was terrible. I mean, I lost my game. I, honestly, I played like a 30 handicap, and I went in as a four. But when I went, he told me that they were shutting down the late course, which is the U.S. Open course, and are going to completely redo it. And I said, why are they doing that? He said, because the members are tired of this course being so fucking hard. And it really is hard, right? You get in the bunker, you get off. They're just going to make it a lot easier. And this is what's unique about golf, right? Medina, Oakmont, Olympic, whatever. You just go around some of the sweet, hard courses. It's like the pros play those courses, depending on the venue, like a Medina or Olympic club, a very, very small percentage of time over like a decade. Beside the, the courses that you go to every year. But if you're a member at Olympic, you're like, I'm a decent golfer, and this is miserable to play. Golf, the older you get, if you're not on tour, is supposed to be enjoyable. And the average handicap, what's funny is playing at TPC Scottsdale, which is a very just enjoyable course. Now, it's hard, but a caddy told me, I said, what is the average golfer that you caddy for out here? If you had to guess, he said easily over a 15 handicap. So most guys that are coming out here are shooting 90 to 100. So that's the average golfer. You know, if you just go to a Medina or Olympic club, the, you know, like when your club championship happens, now some clubs have better players than others, but it's not like there are 17 Ricky Fowlers, Jason Days, and Justin Thomases out there, right? So obviously some of these courses have those players, but even those players are not playing in the club championship. So I, I kind of understand it, but it makes it difficult. And I don't know if Medina is now going to play easier, if Olympic Club is surely going to play easier, what that does to future majors. But it's a hard balance because, you know, you start paying a lot of money. I'm a member at a country club that hosts, let's say, PGA Tour championship level events. It's like it's cool when it comes out here and I get to watch it and I get free passes and we get to booze with my buddies. But that happens once every nine years. <laughs> those other, you know, nine years and whatever. Uh, how many months are in a year? 52, you know, I could depend on where you live, how the, the sun's out. But you know what I mean is the majority of this time I'm playing this course. 
and it's impossible. There's there's a level of difficulty to like this is this is not this is too hard. My my buddy, uh, family friend Tyler Raber, and his brother brother Scotty, who's also you played Division One golf, and Tyler played at UC Davis, and was like you know fringe mini tour guy qualified in 2016 for the U.S. Open at Oakmont. And his brother Scotty caddied for him. Him and his dad went out there. They missed the cut by a couple by a couple shots, but that that was the the major. Dustin Johnson won it. They said it's easily, and these guys have played golf. Beside like Augusta, <laughs> I I mean they have been around the block playing golf. Me and Scotty and his dad played LACC. Like they they've seen it all. He said it was easily the hardest course I've ever seen. Now obviously they trick it out for the U.S. Open and they're playing the tips, but they're like I can't imagine being a member at this course. It is so freaking difficult. And there are members there. So it's like, is that a fun place to play? Like part of, if money was not an obstacle for me and I could be a member wherever, like I wouldn't want to just, I'm not that big of a golf nerd where it's like, I want to be at the toughest courses. No, besides like Augusta, I'd want to be at fun, cool, sweet tracks, you know? Whisper Rock here, uh, Troubadour in Nashville. Uh, even Austin Country Club looks kind of fun. Doesn't look impossible. So that's a long-winded way of saying, like, I think these courses should be easier because the the members are the ones playing it, not Ricky Fowler and Tiger Woods. For the pod on slow play, I agree shot clock won't work, but why not a game clock? Use Thursday, Friday, the calculated average 18-round time. Then if a player's 18-hole uh, round is a certain percentage longer than the average, they get a penalty. Why should they disrupt play and allow the player to determine whether they need to slow it down on tough shots but compensate for faster players on straightforward shots? Or since TV is the real driver of revenue and slow play diminishes the product, why not put the responsibility on the networks to cut it once you know a players are ready to hit? The players may still be upset about it, but if the viewing audience doesn't see it, players can deal with it themselves. One pushback there on the Thursday-Friday, most tournaments, you play a threesome on Thursday-Friday. And then when the cut happens, it just goes to two people. right? So the pace of play is different on the weekend because you have one less guy in a group. right? I mean, depending on weather. But if I have a, let's just pick a 150-man field, well, Thursday-Friday, we're going out three people each group. Well, you notice, I mean, Saturday, Sunday on the tour in the big tournaments, you're going out two guys. So I'm, I'm not a math major here, but I, I do think it would be difficult to gauge the speed when there's a separate, when, when there's another guy there. That would be my only question. But I hear what you're saying. They got to do something because you can't just show these guys on TV. Uh, Blackbird on Apple TV is a 10 out of 10. Based on true story about a serial killer that's in jail, so they send another con to confess where he hid the bodies they couldn't find. I agree. I saw it. Fantastic show. Mailbag question. I'd say I'm pretty new to golf. Started playing last summer. Joined a club and started playing regularly in November. Is golf like most sports where you progress? Your progress is limited by your natural talent? I hear a lot of blokes say there are scratch players or low handicap that say, I played as a kid. Is it possible to get to that later, that level at a later stage of life, 30? I've got a coach, had a few lessons, and my best score is 90. My coach said I'm going to be good, wondering if he's gassing me up. Long question, apologies. 
I do think there's a huge benefit. I've been playing since I was young. So there is just a natural instinct to my golf game, right? I'm not saying I'm, I mean, I can shoot anywhere from 75 to 90. But my point is like, I, I can probably see shots because I've just done a million shots, right? I've been in every, under every tree, around a lake, every part of a green, like I've kind of seen it all. It's why like, why do some players have better instincts than others? And you're like, well, I've been playing football since I was five. I started playing basketball the moment I could dribble. So I think there's an instinct to golfers that play younger, but I have known countless like Division One athletes that never played golf until they were done with college or done playing you know minor league baseball and became a single digit handicap relatively quick. So I think your athletic ability matters. And then I think you're just naturally going to be better at certain things than others, right? There's an element of golf like I would say your hands, like some people's short games are just immediately natural because they have soft hands or whatever. They just have a natural swing and they, they hit it relatively straight. So it's easy for them to improve. Some of us have some flaws <laughs> raising my hand. So it takes a little bit more time to work on it. I, I think everyone's different. I, I, I think you just because you start playing at 30 does not mean you're going to shoot 90 your whole life. Now you have a big uphill battle in terms of, right, you're playing another guy that shoots 80 that's your age and been playing for 15 years. It is harder to catch that guy because he has more reps, right? Like you're going to start podcasting tomorrow. It's going to take you some time to figure it out. Your audio quality, your takes, how you're going to set up your podcast, what you like talking about, what you don't like talking about, uh, what the audience likes. Like anything in life. I mean, it just takes time. There is no quick fix, but I would by no means say that you can't improve. It's the I would say it's the easiest sport to improve at if you just but you got to work at it. You're a member at a club. You gotta you have a coach. So yeah, I, I would feel pretty good about my future. Already shoot ninety and you just started playing. When betting on guys, do you tend to have a few guys that might not even have a big chance at winning, but you put money on? For example, I always throw a couple bucks on Fitzpatrick and Minwoo Lee. Even though I'm not confident they'll win just because I like to watch them. Fuck yeah. I mean, I, I bet on Gary Woodland for like two straight years. I've been hammering Jason Day for this entire year. Uh, I bet on Victor Hovland all the time. I love those guys. So yeah, I mean, is that the smart way to bet? What do they often tell you in bet, like, or as a gambler in other sports? Like, don't just bet on your team. Don't just bet on the Packers or the Cowboys. Be careful this week. So, yeah, but I if you're just putting 20 bucks, who cares? And if Matt Fitzpatrick wins like he did last week, it's sweet. Hey, John, have a response to the guy having trouble with the quality of YouTube TV. Since it's streaming a live event with a lot of moving on the screen, he might want to look up into upgrading a receiver on the internet. Depending on the provider, it might be a modem or a router. One that has more bandwidth capabilities might clean up that issue. Good checking in. Uh, the 500 Club is a rad course in the Phoenix area. Kind of low-key, but very nice. I have not played that one yet. Okay, last question from Matt. Can you explain to us the route that someone goes to get to be a pro golfer? I know that you have to earn your tour card, but I assume you have to qualify to even be on the Corn Ferry Tour. That being said, how does someone like Sam Bennett go from being the top amateur to a pro? What are the steps? Well, historically, a guy like him, 
you you know you win the USAM, you get some sponsor invites, so you get to get to play some PJ Tour you know tournaments. If you were to ever win one of those, not even counting the major, but just a tournament, you would immediately get your tour card. Historically, most of those guys have gone to. It used to be the Nike Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, the Mini Tours, whatever, and kind of work their way up, like you do in minor league baseball. And then they used to have this thing, Q School, which now is basically the Corn Ferry Finals. So if I'm Sam Bennett, I immediately, this you know pro tour you, I, I gotta, I'm not exactly sure how that works. I was talking to someone in the golf business about, you know, they give, I think, 10 tour cards because they don't want to lose these guys to live, right? So... If you think about it, and I could be wrong here, I need to talk to my guy, but forever in football, let's say, if you're a top player, you get drafted and you just go right to the NFL. Well, in golf, just because I was the number one player, like Sahith Thagala or Scotty Scheffler, I'm the Ben Hogan, which is like the Heisman Trophy winner of of, uh, of college golf. I still got to go to the Corn Ferry Tour to get my PGA Tour status. Now, though, especially Scotty, started going and Sam Burns, you start winning in the Corn Ferry. You start winning in the Corn Ferry, you get enough points, you get your PJ Tour card. Now, the, P- the Corn Ferry Tour, if you are the top 30 on the Corn Ferry Tour this year in points, you get your PJ Tour card. Now, obviously, you don't have access to the elevated events, but you, you get into random events. Like this week, Mexico, you could play. Last week, Zurich, you can play. Uh, Puerto Rico, some of these the haunt some of these random tournaments that the top guys are not playing in you can get into Safeway Open I think it's a Fortnite Open now so you ba- but I do think this new PGA Tour U if I'm a top five or t- I think it's top ten might be top five guy in college golf in a ranking I get my tour card kind of like a Corn Ferry guy does so I don't have to go grind on the Corn Ferry Tour because I've kind of earned it in college. And I think that's a way to streamline Colin Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns. They don't even have to waste time. Just Cam Young, like let's rock and roll. Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler. Now those guys win so quickly. You know, Jordan Spieth, they're just they get their tour card. But forever, you just had to go to the main mini tour, which has had a million names over the years. But the Corn Ferry Tour right now is loaded with talent. And at the end of this year, they're going to give out 30 PJ Tour cards, which is obviously a lot, but it doesn't guarantee you, you know, you, you still got to, to keep your card, obviously, you got to be, I mean, these are fluid numbers now. It used to be in the top 125. Now, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's, you know, that 70 line of delineation to go to these elevated events. It's kind of a work in progress. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure on all the details, but I do know the Corn Ferry Tour gives out 30 PJ Tour cards at the end of the year based on points. And forever, that number, I think, used to be smaller. Uh, but you win. If you win on the Corn Ferry Tour, you're, you know, it's going to be hard for you not to get a tour card. And obviously, anytime a guy without tour status wins on the PJ Tour, he immediately gets two years of PJ Tour status, which is a big deal. Now, you can make money. Like, forever, Zalatoris hadn't won. But how do you have status? Because he was finishing top fives and is where he was on the money list. Same with uh, Scotty Scheffler for a while, right? Um, I'm trying to think of it. Sahith Tagala hasn't won yet. But you start finishing well in tournaments, you obviously keep your conditional status, I think is the way uh, it's put. It's kind of a complicated deal. It really is. 
I've heard players on interviews like I wasn't even sure. You know, it's it's not like like if I'm in double A, I, I know like, yeah, I'm not in the bigs. It's like, yeah, you're going to the big leagues and you're like, I'm in the bigs. Right? <laughs> in, in golf, it's like, well, do I have access to this tournament? Uh, obviously, the majors are pretty unique, uh, but the other tournaments, it's going to be very interesting to watch how this all shakes out. Appreciate everyone listening. The volume.com. Go get your go low merch fire in there. Get your go low merch. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.